The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. And we thank you for being here today on Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. David Renfro, Bob Wilkin, and Ken Yates are studying the book of Joel, and today they'll be looking into the first chapter, talking about the sins of God's people, and that the day of the Lord is coming. Very relevant material for our world situation today. And we will get into it in just a moment. Right now, I want to tell you about our website, faithalone.org. And that's a place where you can go to find all kinds of resources pertaining to the Free Grace message and to Grace Evangelical Society's purpose. And right now, Bob Wilkin is going to say a word about the Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2023 coming up May 22nd through the 25th. Here's Bob Wilkin. I really like the conference because it's a wonderful opportunity to get together with friends from all over the country who are strong on the grace of God. And I find myself very encouraged. Thank you, Bob Wilkin, for that encouraging word about our national conference. And friend, you can find out more details about it at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Get registered today. And now, David, Ken, and Bob with today's discussion. And we're going through the prophet Joel, and we're in chapter 1, and we ended the last session partway through verse 2. We are zooming through so this So we're book. hoping to get to verse 3 <laughs> by today. No, and then we'll see. We're in the portion of the book. The introduction is the first part. Now we're in the past, which is 1, 2 through 20. So Once again, chapter 1, Joel is talking about something that occurred in the recent past, his recent past, which I'm guessing is around 825 B.C. was when he ministered. So we're talking at that time frame. And then what he's doing in the first three verses, two through four, is he's calling everybody to pay attention to what he has to say. What happened, as we're going to see, is the um, locust plague, which was very common in the ancient era. He still is, by the way. It still goes on. But what Joel is doing is he's saying, I'm going to use this as an object lesson. You think this locust plague is bad? Stay tuned. Yeah. And, and it was bad. And it was bad. Yeah, this was a particularly severe one. Well, it's interesting. He, he ends verse 2, has anything like this happened in your days? After calling both the elders and all the inhabitants of the land, he wants everybody to listen. And he says, this is unprecedented. Well, I mean, how about in the days of your fathers? Yeah. This is something that's not happened in recent memory. And then verse 3, it was memorable. So he says, tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. This is worthy of passing it down through the generations. This was so bad. And then verse 4 is fascinating because look what he says. What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. What the crawling locust left, the consuming locust is eaten. Bottom line is there's four different words for the word locust. And there were different kinds, or there are today, different kinds of locusts, right? That's right. There's a little bit of disagreement. Some people think, yeah, this is one kind of locust. But the first wave did the chewing. The second wave of the same kind of locust did the swarming. And so either way, we're talking utter destruction of anything agricultural, because guess what locusts eat? Everything everything. green. Especially the green stuff, which is what their cattle and their sheep and all their livestock needed. There wasn't anything left. So everybody has a theory as to what these four different, and there are four different Hebrew words. 
the chewer, the you know, the swarmer, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But they're all talking about a locust plague that may have been done in stages, these four stages that you see there in that verse. What the first group left behind, the second group took more of what was left behind. And That's then, right. Like you say, just total destruction. It was wave after wave of destruction in the land. Their economy, since it's an agricultural economy, their economy was destroyed because the cattle couldn't eat none of the livestock. They suffered horribly, too, just like the humans did. And then he goes into verse 5, starting in verse 5 through verse 13. Verses 2 through 4, he called everybody to listen. Wake up. Now he's calling everybody to mourn because of this plague. Look what he says in verse 5. Awake, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it's been cut off. A drunkard that is addicted to wine is losing all meaning and purpose in life at this point. And is he saying there that even the drunkard, he's impacted by this because the next harvest has been eaten up. So there's not going to be any wine for you. Not for a long time. So the drunks are going to be depressed, and which is kind of ironic, because how do a lot of people deal with depression? They drink. drink. So, but it also points out that not only were the pastures eaten up, but also the vines, the trees, the you know, olive trees that would make oil, and uh, the vineyards, everything was destroyed. And so even the drunkards would be horribly affected by this. And the reason is in verse 6, for a nation has come up against my land. I think this is a nation of literal locusts. <laughs> but it's poetry again. Absolutely. All of this is poetry. And so he says, a, a nation has come up against my land, strong without number. His teeth are like the teeth of a lion. He has the fangs of a fierce lion. In other words, there's violence, destruction, there's threat to your life, like a lion would be if you just came upon one, you know, kind of like, I guess, being in the Florida Everglades and you come upon an alligator. That's dangerous. Right. This is saying this nation, this locust nation has come upon us wave after wave. How graphic is this? So, you know, you picture the little locust, just a little bug, but he's comparing it to the uh, the teeth of a lion. Teeth of a lion. Because there's billions of these things. And and they're equally destructive right. and equally threatening to life. They just do utter destruction. They don't leave anything behind. That's the picture. And notice how graphic Joel is about this. Verse 7 continues, he's laid waste my vine, ruined my fig tree. And the M and my is capitalized. So what's the Lord saying here? God's. This is what the New King James is interpreting this to be God's fig tree, which, of course, everything is God's. Everything belongs to him. That's right. And in his sovereignty, he allowed this army of a locust to destroy his vine. Yes. Could we say here that my vine and my fig tree is representative of the nation? And not necessarily the individual tree, because we know in other parts of the scripture, Israel is his vine. And Jesus is the true vine. He's a true Israel. Right. And when Jesus curses the fig tree, for example, it's an invocation of the the nation. nation. Right. So is he saying the locusts have done this to my people? Yeah. I'm I'm asking. I think it's both, and I stand firm on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just threw that out there. In my studies, I don't hear a lot of scholars say this, so I don't know if they agree with me, but I think there's a lot of times where both meanings 
are meant. The figurative and the literal sure. are both part of what the author intended to convey. That's well, that's what, I what think. typology is all about, right? I mean, Abraham offers up Isaac. He really did that. But that also is a type of God the Father offering up his only son at Calvary. Mm -hmm. We see that type of thing a lot, and so this is similar to that. Well, would you, uh, just to kind of give you, a, and this is a question more than anything else, oh, great New Testament scholars. <laughs> That's who we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Could you say the same thing like there's two meanings in the Greek word for born again? Yeah. Because it can mean born from above. Born from above. And born again. Is it possible that that one word can mean both at the same time? Yeah, the words anothen, and Hodges argued that it probably should be translated something like born again from above. And that in some contexts, it's emphasizing the again part. And in some contexts, it's emphasizing the above part. But in some places, both. There's a lot of that, I think, even in the Old Testament. And then starting in verse 8, this is where Joel, I think, starts addressing certain people. Up until now, it's been generic. All levels of society, from the elders, the rulers, all the way down to the normal inhabitants of the land. And then he picks out drunks in verse 5 and so on. But now I think he's limiting, at least for this part of the discussion, to a certain region. Look what he says in verse 8. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offerings have been cut off from the house of the Lord. Where is the house of the Lord? Jerusalem. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted, the land mourns, for the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, the oil fails. All of these that are listed here in verse 10 are offerings to the Lord. So now you have the people of Israel, and especially if he's talking toward people in Judah, so the southern kingdom, including Jerusalem, that this locust plague has even affected their worship. Yeah, absolutely. They cannot possibly bring the offerings that are designated by the Mosaic covenant. These are required offerings. Okay, they may be sacrifices, but they may be offerings like Thanksgiving offerings, um, that kind Grain of thing. Grain offerings and things like that. Right. 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 Even their worship is affected by this. I get the idea that if there was a huge, <laughs> if there was a huge locust plague here in this part of Texas, would we go to church that day? You see what Joel's doing, and he's a genius, literary genius in my opinion, that he starts calling people, look what's going on. It's affecting everything. It's going to affect what you could eat, what you can drink. And now what you can offer is worship to the Lord. Right. Every aspect of your life is deeply affected, and I mean negatively, by and, this locust. And play. it's very graphic, too, because like in verse 8, the virgin dressed in sackcloth for the husband. I think the picture there is a young woman getting married, and we think this is a joyous time. We would think of a, a beautiful wedding dress. But here she is dressed in sackcloth because her husband has died. Instead of a time of joy, it's a time of suffering and mourning. Right. There's no doubt that people not only suffered during this time, but because of this plague, they did die. Especially those that were physically compromised in the first place. Sure. And now they've got to deal with this locust plague. Who knows what kind of diseases the locusts brought in from other regions. I'm sure there was lots and lots of death during this time. 
which was supposed to have been a time of prosperity. And all of this is going to anticipate a time in the near future that's going to be like this. Well, again, you just wait. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> because what he's going to do is essentially what he says is, you think this is bad. It's going to get worse. All right. Isn't this good stuff? And uh, remember to keep grace, grace in focus. focus. Zane Hodges' excellent commentary on Romans, entitled Romans Deliverance from Wrath, is available right now on our website, faithalone.org. Get half price through February 28, 2023, when you use the code word ROMANS. That's faithalone.org. Are you interested in finding other free grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other Free Grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode of Grace in Focus, we will be looking at Joel chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. And we hope that you will join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.